Hello, students, and welcome back to the Lore of the Iron Kingdoms. I am, of course, Professor Caster, and today it looks like we're finishing up the large wolds, not the gargantuan wold that the Circle Oberos has, but the largest ones they're using right now. And for everybody that doesn't remember, a wold is a constructed war beast. They put these things together with ruined stones and wood and rope and blood and sometimes sacrifice. And then they get these guys all imbued with the ley lines and the energies of the earth and make these guys really something terrifying that's not quite a war machine. They don't have cortex and they're not really manufactured. They're more built and constructed like that. And before we begin, please like, subscribe, comment, let me know if you want to like to get into any other factions. And as always, thank you, Privateer Press, for letting us read your phenomenal lore. And let's begin. We will begin with the Wold Guardian, who is one of my least favorite wolds to go up against because this guy is monstrous. Heavy armor and a heck of a wrecking ball whenever he's attacking into your poor war machine. War Beast, depending on which faction that you play. Wold Guardian, Circle Heavy War Beast. Circle Druid creates their constructs using the same finesse and pragmatism as which they manage war beast breeding, and each construct is produced to meet a specific need. The enormous Wold Guardian fulfills two purposes. They defend their warlock from enemy assaults and deliver crushing blows in return. Few creatures walking cane have the courage to stand up to the might of the Circle Wold's Guardian, which are like walking walls armed with battering rams of solid stone. Creating a Wold Guardian requires large quantities of stone that must be painstakingly shaped and etched with arcane runes. The rites by which the constructs are awoken to their limited consciousness are equally taxing. Gallons of blood from living creatures must be spilled across the giant forms, rope, wood, and stone in order to stir it to life. The blood suffuses the Guardian's body, paying the mystical price to bestow the vitality and resiliency of the living upon it. The lumbering guardians must take time to reach their enemies, but once they close, death is almost inevitable. Their enormous pillar-like arms can dash apart any obstacle that blocks their path. Those unfortunate enough to be the target of their overwhelming assault are crushed to undeniable pulp, leaving behind only the bloody smear upon the earth to mark the futility of opposing the will of the Circle Oberos. I've gone up against these guys many a time, and I've seen Warjacks just be decimated when these things finally do close. And these guys are very protective of their Warcaster. And it actually does help, because these guys can actually take a beating. And if these guys are taking a beating for their Warcaster or Warlock, then that means they're not. These guys are walking pillars. They do not move. They can't be pushed. And when they close in on you, each one of those hammer fists that they got just go straight through you and as i did mention they do need a lot of blood to create these things which some of them some of the smaller ones don't need blood the bigger ones i guess do but let's see the differences between mark three and mark four of this particular war beast and like many of the changes between mark three and mark four not much has changed on this guy however he is faster he actually went from a speed four to a speed five uh, his mat did get better from a mat of 6 to a mat of 7. Uh, his armor still the same at 20. His battering ram fists have actually gone up from a power of 17 to 18, so I guess there was quite a few changes on this guy to make him even more deadly on the battlefield. Uh, he still has shield guard, he's still steady, so he can still protect his warlock and he can still not be moved. 
Uh, his his fists still have a battering ram on them, and they are still magical. And he still has irresistible force. So he can actually give himself the animus of bulldoze and be able to push people around when he's moving through them. So this guy has only gotten more deadly in the Mark IV. So he's faster, hits harder, and he hits better than he did before. So great. Perfect. Look forward to seeing more of these guys on the battlefield. Let's move on. Alrighty. Well, the next guy that we were talking about is the Wold Warden. Circle Heavy War Beast. And these particular magic using wolves, which is strange that they can just use their warlocks magic to help them do stuff, makes these guys even more annoying on the battlefield because then it just adds another spellcaster who happens to also be a war beast and a constructed one at that. So, yeah, these guys are not fun. But let's begin. World Wardens are towering constructs that combine the permanence of stone and wood with the chaos of living entropy. Their solid frames are inscribed with intricate lattices of runes that glow when infused with the power of Oberos. The World Warden's greatest asset is the mystical harmony it enjoys with its controlling warlock. This bond allows the World Warden to be a vessel for the druid's arcane might, which is fueled by the power of the earth rather than the druid's own energy. More than a mere weapon, the World Warden's is an extension of its druid's will. In quiet times, World Warden's patiently guard the most sacred sites of the Circle Oberos, but in crisis the druids bring them forth from their droves to fight the Circle's enemies. Some druids, particularly those who follow the path of Earth, consider Wold Warden superior to and infinitely more reliable than the wild beast others struggle to tame. Wold Wardens can charge unimpeded through any terrain and absorb tremendous punishment. Their natural power allows them to cause trees and foliage to erupt around them, hindering any enemy that attempts to engage it. Yes, that would make sense since they are literally guardians of groves. So, yeah. But these guys are, of course, geomancy, which means they can pull in their own particular warlock spells to use as their own. Um, also, this guy likes to heal himself, which is kind of remarkable that stone can mend itself. Ooh, creepy. Um, and then not only that, this guy has... A very unique ability to hit somebody and then throw them. And then their wild growth, of course, they can pop groves into the middle of places there were no groves in. I've seen a fight in a town that didn't used to have forest, but after a fight with Circle Oberos, the town had new foliage popping up all over the place. Which is terrifying if you're trying to keep the natural world out of your city which I feel like most walled cities usually do try to do that, which is kind of weird, but one of the reasons why Circle Obros is so gung-ho on removing human civilization. Alrighty, well, let's see what has changed between the Mark III and Mark IV of the Wold Warden. Beers' stat list is basically the same. However, his mat did go up to a 7 from his original mat 6, so he's hitting a little bit more accurate now. His rune fists are now a 16 instead of a 15, so he's hitting a little bit harder, which is great. He's still open-fisted, so he can still has the ability to throw people or whatever he needs to do. He still has Geomancer, which means he can still use a spell from his Warlock up to 3 focus. Uh, he still has Min, so he's still healing himself, which is super weird for a, a giant robot to be able... Or not giant robot, 
a giant stone guardian to be able to just, you know put their stones back together, which is strange. Um, looks like they have switched out his wild growth animus for Earth's blessing, and Earth's blessing for him takes away it. He no longer pops up for us like he used to. He actually almost becomes a mountain on the ground. He can't be pushed, knocked down, made stationary, or moved by a slam. So he's really good at defending the area if you're trying to get him out of it. So a little bit more stability, but I guess uh, I guess they decided that the trees, you know, just popping up a little forest, wasn't all that useful in the long run. So, oh well, they make changes all the time. So this happens. Still wouldn't want to go up against this guy if I can avoid it. All right, well, let's move on. Alrighty, coming on to our last large circle heavy war beast. This particular guy is a favored wold of Boulder. He is called, of course, Megalith. He is a ginormous, well, I don't say ginormous because they do have their huge wolds, but he is bigger than the rest and you'll be able to tell him apart from any other wolves that you're going to see on the battlefield. And not only that, him being bonded with Boulder allows him to allows him and Boulder both to heal. So that's always nice for Boulder and since he is a uh, very special wold, he also can heal up other wolds around him as well. And he has geomancy as well, which makes him even more frightening on the battlefield, especially considering Boulder's personal spell list. But let's read about him. All wolds are constructs of massive stone blocks set into the framework of wood and vine, with runes carved along their forms, making them an extension of their druidic creator. Among them, one walks apart, Boulder's masterpiece, Megalith. Its branches and vines are still alive, and below its heavy tread, its roots sink deep into the ground, both to steady its motion and to drink primal energies from the earth. By drawing directly on the power of Oberos, Megalith can prompt vibrant forest growth to erupt around it, snag and slow its flows. Megalith's eyes glow with something of self-awareness. This stone Goliath wonders where it believes itself most needed, often finding Boulder just when its master requires aid. After being damaged in battle, the cracks along the stones seal themselves, vanishing into the granite as if they were living skin. Boulder had long dreamed of blending living forest with stone to create a construct like no other. The process by which the constructed megalith required time and resources beyond that of other wolds. He nurtured the living elements constituting megalith's form while sculpting granite around him. Laboring for almost a month on the final fusion, it was much an expression of art as engineering, a contrast to the pragmatic approach Boulder typically takes when expediting the fabrication of other elemental constructs. In the end, he had every right to be proud of his creation, born from the tireless efforts of his own hand. With the sophisticated and dimly conscious mind, Megalith can utilize broad spectrums of druidic magic. When employed directly by Boulder or loaned to one of his peers, it is an extension of their magic will in a myriad of ways. Boulder admits he crafted Megalith as an act of pride, but there was no refuting its strength and effectiveness on the battlefield. What Boulder could never have predicted was the way in which the tenuous spark of his own life would one day be preserved by the nurturing grasp of his creation. 
when Boulder fell in battle at the blighted arrows of the Legion of Everblight, it was Megalith that clung to the threat last threads of his life and began the slow process of regrowing its master bit by bit, thus returning the gift of the creation. And that was actually uh, that was actually one of the reasons why Boulder has gone off the deep end after falling into the hurricane, which is you know considered the afterlife of this particular world. He was actually held firm in the land of the living by Megalith's druidic power, which that's a, that's a hell of a thing that you make for your own self, something that can keep you in the world, whether you're falling out of it or not. Now, normally at this part, I would read the Mark 3 to Mark 4 changes, but however, Privateer Press is still working on their releases for different Warcasters, Warlocks, and Warbeast and War Machines, so they haven't fully released this guy, but we can read about the Mark 3 versions of them. Uh, speed 5, Matt 7. In his room fist right now, he has two 17s, which means he is hitting as hard as a old guardian, or at least the Mark III versions of old guardians. He probably is going to get an update to power 18, most likely. Um, while he is while he is bonded to Boulder, he gets, of course, his healing D3 points to him and Boulder. Uh, he has bountiful restoration, which means he gets uh, D3 points that he can. Uh, that just happened during the control phase. He doesn't have to be forced into it or anything like that. And then if he's base to base with other World Wardens, he heals them D3 too as well. Most likely because they already do have a healing with their men, but he just puts their healing on max because he is technically from that style of building. And then he has Geomancy as a magic of seven, which is actually pretty accurate for a war beast. And then he has Steady, so he can't be knocked down. He has, both of his fists are, of course, magical. Uh, they both have a weight of stone on it, so if he does hit you once, um, your speed and defense drop down by three, which is pretty dramatic. And then he has his Animus of Undergrowth. So his Undergrowth, he can actually, well, it's not really like a forest, like the original Mark III version of the World Wardens. It's more like he can figure out how to make the roots make all the ground rough terrain around him within five inches and then everybody in those they have trouble with their footing so their defense actually drops down with it which makes it very unfortunate to try to get around this guy when he's shooting that thing off which is a great crowd control however if i see this guy i'm usually going to try to get him out of the way as quickly as i can but of course you can't get every guy out of the way as quickly as you can because some things just do not work like that but as far as that, that is what we got for the Mark III, because there is no Mark IV yet. But they said they will be finishing out the rest of the, I think they're calling these legacy builds, or legacy armies, everything before Mark IV. And they said they should be finishing them up the rest of this year, maybe next year. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping they finish them up this year so we can focus in on Mark IV. But it looks like that is all we have time for today. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing and liking these videos slash podcasts. And if you could, please comment. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if there's any other factions you would like to get into. Uh, let me know. If, let me know specifically if there's any like characters or war beasts or anything you would like me to read on this channel and talk about the Mark Three to Mark Four changes and their lore and all the fun stuff that goes with them. And as always, thank you, Private Press, for letting me read your phenomenal lore. 
And as always, your homework is please let your friends and fellow gamers know about this podcast slash YouTube channel so we can keep increasing the class size and keep this train rolling. And as always, class dismissed.